This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A couple decades ago, I got into fly tying, and I have to say, the flies I have tied over the years are truly wonders. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> now, I'm not actually not bragging here. I mean, my flies are mediocre yeah. at best. What kind of wonders are yeah. they? <laughs> well, that's the point. They're, they're wonders, considering that I was born artistically challenged, and I still am. I mean, let's be honest. At age 54, I draw at about a five-year-old level, and that <laughs> that's being generous. Yeah. I am just not artistic. In fact, when our family holds its occasionally annual gingerbread house competition at Christmas, uh, the mansion that I try to create ends up looking like some kind of a shack in a third world country. (laughs) So, hey, I admit it, I'm artistically challenged. So it's a wonder then that I've actually caught trout on the flies that I've hand tied. Well, that's what we want to talk about today. ties. Yeah, that's true. I know. (laughs) Aren't they all hand tied? Yes. (laughs) Okay, whatever. What I'm so desperately trying to say, Dave, is that what we want to talk about today is whether or not fly tying makes sense. And I can see where this is going to go from your side. (laughs) We're going down. Oh, yes. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to do this point-counterpoint style. Uh, I'm going to share some reasons why I think it makes sense to learn the art of fly tying, and Dave is going to push back. That's right. I admit I have never learned to tie flies. I did attend uh, a fly tying class early on. But in life, you make some decisions uh, about how you're going to spend your time. I am not an engineer. Uh, I don't have an engineering mind. I'm more of a startup entrepreneurial guy, if you look at my history. And so I think about starting something new. I don't think about, you know, how I can spend my time, you know, with size 18 hooks in my basement (laughs) with a low lamp, right? That's true. Um, So... Um, I've made decisions, and yeah. uh, there are consequences to and that. And you've caught a lot of trout, though. That's the thing, which which proves you don't have to be a fly tire to catch fish. I hope that's true, because yeah. I have caught a lot of fish. Maybe I could have caught more. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's. I guess, though, when you consider that I catch two to every one you do, man, uh, no, that's that ratio actually not is just true. not true, my friend. It's not. No, we, we catch about the same amount of fish, even though we give each other a hard that's time. That's true. So true. All right. So here's my first point. And my first point is that by learning to tie flies, uh, not to fly ties, if I slip, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just issue that disclaimer <laughs> awesome. now. Yeah. But the first point is that you'll save money. I mean, honestly, I really struggle to pay two dollars for a like a little nymph, like a copper john that I can tie well enough with a. Uh, I put a bead on and then wrap some peacock curl and then some red wire. I mean, that, that's all there is to it. Or a big old woolly bugger, you know, the the bead, the chenille, the the hackle, and then the marabou at the end. And and I just hate to pay two bucks for something like that. Or a San Juan worm, where really all you're doing is you're tying a, you know, little piece of. Uh, uh, you know, a little tubing or some sort of a yeah, worm-like looking thing. And, and like, why would I want to pay for that? That's true. And I, 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 I agree with that. But here's the counter. It costs money uh, and time 
to get started. So there's some yeah. startup costs, right? Sure. You have the kit. Yep. You have mm-hmm. um, the different hair that you have. The right. Different, you know, wh- whatever you need. And yeah. it's one of those things that you you always are adding to the pile. Oh, yeah. Right? So yep. my guess is that you might have three, four, five hundred dollars into it. And I might have, you know, I might have that many, you know, flies in my vest. You know, I might have 250 flies in my vest. I probably have more than that. But, you know. I don't know. You have that yeah. startup cost, and do you ever really recover that money? Well, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you will spend three, four hundred bucks to get a reasonable vice and the basic tools, and then the materials. I mean, they're they're not cheap. That's true. And you're right, Dave. Time is an issue, and and I I want to be careful here not to portray myself as a <clears throat> you know as somebody who spends a lot of time tying flies because I don't. You know, quite honestly, the only flies I tie anymore are. The ones I mentioned, San Juan worms, woolly buggers, bead heads. I mean, I prefer to pay for the more complex patterns. I mean, even even a parachute atoms, though it's not that complex, I, I like to fish those in a size 18. And man, I, I'm just not the artist to, you know, be able to, uh, yeah, to, to do a good job on those. And I would say and add to that, that obviously this, this depends on your fly fishing mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. I think um, people fly fish for different reasons. And right. There's some folks mm-hmm. who are more technical and the yeah. reason they love fly fishing is for the technical aspects right. of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're, they tend to be more nerdy, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, and fly fishing to them is, is about the act of tying right. the fly. And, yep. um, and, but for me, I've made decisions based. I've got two kids in college. Yep. I've got, you know, I've got a son now who still wrestles. My son in college still plays football. Uh, son who wrestles in co- high school and he plays football in high school. I've got a seven-year-old still who plays soccer. Um, so between four, ki- or, you know, between four kids, all their activities, plus running my business, plus doing this podcast, plus being on the leadership team at my church, do I want to spend time in my basement, you know, under low <laughs> yeah. light with yeah. tiny size 18 flies right. tying them? Oh, I I've know. made the decision not to do that. I know. And I have friends who who tie while they're watching television and they'll actually have a uh, their, their vice in their, their lap kind of on a little pedestal. Well, I just can't do that. I mean, I have to have a, you know, a sturdy table and, and the conditions have to be right. I mean, it's I'm temperamental that way. I'm, I'm just not good enough. So, yeah, I, I don't want to be uh, I, I'm like you with that. I, I'm. I enjoyed learning to, to, to do it, and there, there is sort of a thrill of catching something on a fly that you've tied, but it can be very tedious, and I know for my personality, a little bit goes a long way. And I want to admit this, too. Um, you know, even in terms of, of the money, I've realized uh, I can do some freelance writing. I've had some opportunities to do that, and, and I still do. I can come out way ahead by doing putting the time into freelance writing and, and even using, uh, let's say, 10% of that to, to buy flies. I mean, honestly, right. it, yeah, it's, it's probably not the money saver that, that you think it is. Yeah, you focus on the revenue side with your time, right? Right. So... Um, Right. Yep. So there has to be other reasons. Well, here's a second one, and 
I'll admit it. This is kind of a lighthearted one. It does put feathers, fur, hides, and hoarded stuff to good use. <laughs> now, I'm not a hoarder, even though it runs in my family. My, my dear grandma was a hoarder. But, but like most folks, I still have a garage full of old extension cords and balls of yarn and peacock plumage. Yes, peacock plumage. You know, one of my neighbors in rural Montana had peacocks, and, and my kids used to pick up some of the long feathers and bring them home. <laughs> And I still have those. Yeah. Well, you know, any fly tire knows that peacock curl is used in a lot of uh, patterns. I, I use it on nymphs. It's you'll, you'll see it on royal wolf or royal coachman kind of flies. But, um, you know, yarn, that can be decent dubbing. And, and actually, old extension cords. I learned this from Bob Granger. He's the guy that I, I took a fly tying class from back in 1996. And he said an old extension cord will provide you with a lifetime supply of copper wire. So, yeah. uh, Wow. He's, he's right. Well, there's not a lot of uh, peacocks in my suburb. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, not in Wheaton, Illinois. That's huh? my, you know, barrier to fly tying. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the reason. Now we know. Now we know why you don't tie. <laughs> well, I think the counter to this is the downside is that you become a magnet for stuff people want to discard. Oh, so you could probably true. buy another Winston rod if you had ten dollar a ten dollar bill for every time someone said here i thought you might want this for your fly tying material oh man that is so true i can't tell you how many times people say hey I, and this happened more in montana than here but people say i know that you uh, you, you like to, to tie flies and so i thought you might want to use this actually <laughs> even here in the suburbs i had a guy who said hey I, I got all this fly tying stuff from my dad and i'm never going to do it here do you want it and they said oh yeah great and uh <laughs> now it sits in a box it does yeah <laughs> someday you know i'm gonna yeah. use that to tie, but uh oh man now i i do have to say that one of the most rewarding things i've ever done as a fly fisher was to catch trout on some elk hair caddis flies that i tied with with the hair from a bull elk that i shot with a bow uh, that was in uh, montana in, in paradise valley and, and that was really cool uh, i tied those flies and then really i i used them almost within sight of that down in the Yellowstone River, and I, I really felt good about myself. You know what? That, that's <laughs> such a romantic view of things. I mean, how yeah. many fly fishers can shoot their own bull out with a bow? Yeah, you tan it. Yeah. <laughs> and then use the hair for fly. I mean, you're yeah. like a survivalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny because I'm so not. But no, that was a cool thing. I should yeah. do that with some of the skunks and raccoons around my house in the oh, suburbs. Oh, man, no kidding. Yes, we've had <laughs> we've had to get the, the trapper for skunks. And I quickly realized there's no way to dispose of skunks here. So you, you, you have to get the, uh, you know, the, the yeah, government approved guy to come pay in. Pay a couple hundred have, dollars to come in and, yep. and take your skunk away yep that's right so i you know but i've heard isn't that true though that the hides you tan yourself are actually harder to work with than the commercial hides oh yeah they really are and if you talk to any uh veteran fly tire they'll tell you uh you know don't use stuff like that i mean the only reason i did it was to say that i did it was just to yeah kind of make that that fun statement but 
believe me, I won't do that anymore. Uh, well, I good. do. I still have some Elkhide that I... Serious? Yeah, that, that I tanned. I use uh, 20 Mule Team Borax and tan the hide, and I still have some of those. So I should open those up and make yeah. sure there are no bugs crawling around <laughs> in probably them. probably completely <laughs> decayed. Oh, man. That's true. Well, here is a, th- a third and final point, and, and this is a more serious point. Uh, one reason, I, I think this may be the most important reason for for learning to uh, tie flies, uh, maybe other than the enjoyment aspect, if, if that's what you like, and, and that is you'll become a better fly fisher because you'll learn a lot about entomology. Now, when I learned to tie flies, I, I got more than I bargained for because I learned a lot about the feeding habits of trout. I, I thought I understood them, but I really didn't. And and I, I learned when certain flies worked, when they didn't, uh, how much of a trout's diet comes from beneath the surface, probably 85%. And, and I needed to hear that because I I love dry fly fishing. But that's really what got me into f- to fishing nymphs uh, more seriously. And I learned about about the difference between mayflies and stoneflies, about the different types of caddis, uh, even the four stages of mayflies, you know, the nymph, the emerger, the dun, the spinners. Uh, spinners, by the way, are not the meps or rooster tail variety. It's actually that final stage after a mayfly has mated and deposited eggs, and it's, I mean, it's spent, and that, that fly just falls spinning to the surface of the water. And, uh, you know, I, I never really understood that. People would talk about a spinner fall or an evening spinner fall well that's uh that's a great time to fish and you 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 need the right kind of pattern i mean those fish may be locked into that spinner pattern where we're earlier in the day you know they're they're feeding on uh the the emerger or or even feeding on the dun stage so i would just say learning to tie flies is worth it uh if for no other reason than becoming a better fly fisher so is part of what you learn um in the conversations that happen as you're sitting around learning the act of tying the fly like at the classes like you know is there instruction that's also going on oh yeah also reading yeah that that's a great point dave yeah it, it is it is it's not just that yeah you sit down and as you're working with this dubbing material that it, it dawns on you what it's about yeah it's, it's you, you've got a veteran fly tire or or an instructional book or video saying hey this is what you're this is what you're imitating have you heard how these online uh fly tying courses work i mean do they work better or as well as being live with someone who's helping you tie the fly yeah that's a great question you know i I really haven't i i suspect from my experience that that it won't be as helpful as, as actually having somebody there because i i could even watch what the instructor did or i can watch what's on a video but then when i would run into a problem it was great because bob granger who taught i'd say hey bob I'm, I'm having trouble with this and he'd come over and and he'd help me correct it but but you those don't are, have that community right and the yeah. interaction mm-hmm. and the conversation the back true. and forth yeah well i will tip my hat uh tip my hat and tip my hand actually i should tip my hat to you about this is a good point i do think those who tie their own flies there's something native about what they learn in that moment uh and in the process of of tying flies going to up to a stream reading it going back to the van or to the truck maybe tying something on that there's they Mm -hmm. see i mean that's that's what i 
I have missed, right? Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. do that. I can't. Right. I was thinking about Canfield Creek when we fished that recently and going down and seeing, okay, you know, the caddis are just slightly a little bit different than what mm-hmm. I have in my fly box. Yeah, yeah. And um, I can't go back to the truck and tie that up mm-hmm. and go fish uh, yeah. and fish with the new fly. But so what I've had to do to compensate for that through the years is, you know, I've had to do a lot of reading. I've picked up a lot of books. I have many books on, on you know, kind of the different types of flies. Right. Of course, yep. all flies are local. You know, yeah. you're talking mm-hmm. about being in Michigan and talking about, you know, the drakes and the Hendrickson's and the different mm-hmm. types of flies there versus, let's say, the Driftless, the Montana, right. some that are the same, mm-hmm. but then there's some that are unique to each locale. Right. So I've had to pick that up through the years. Obviously, I've picked that up through you. You, I've picked it up through other people who I've listened to, watched, who I've fly fished with. Um, at some point, you have to figure out the entomology piece. Yeah. Now, yeah. how much do you need to figure out? Do you need to become a scientist? Yeah. Well, no, no absolutely not. <laughs> right. and, no, you uh, don't. And I think there is this level based level that you need to have in terms of understanding mm-hmm. different types of flies, the stages. Um, and I think fly tying does give you that benefit. Mm-hmm. I would just counter by saying, I do think you can pick that up without tying your own flies. Well, I hate to agree with you, but I, I have to agree. I mean, you, you're right. Uh, that That's just one way into it. And uh, there's so much good material out there. If, if you're, if you're intent on catching fish, you, you're going to, you're going to pour over some of those books. You're going to listen to the guides. You'll, you'll check the stuff out on the, you know, the, the fly shop websites. There's some great material and, and you can gain that just as well as you can, you know, through fly tying. That That's for sure. Uh, again, I don't think that uh, I don't think I, I want to let people know. I want to assure them that you don't have to learn to tie flies to to be successful. And, and Dave, you've proved that. It's uh, you know if, if it works, great. But if if not, uh, you know, don't feel like oh boy, you're going to be a second class fly fisher your whole life. Well, actually, I will be, <laughs> and I learned to tie flies. So there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> so if you're going to you know, what would you recommend to someone who says, okay, I really do want to do this or at least try it? What would yeah. you recommend? What what should they purchase? Where should they go? Okay. Yeah. I mean, where do you start? Sure. First of all, I would say go talk to someone at your local fly shop. And I know that sometimes people will say, well, that's your answer for everything. And I'm, I'm happy to say it is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, you they t- are the experts. Yeah. You talked about this in a recent podcast, Dave. Yeah. That, that they're the experts. They have the local knowledge and, you know, they're, they're the PhDs of fly fishing. So honestly, talk to someone at your local fly shop and sign up for a class if possible. Uh, most shops offer classes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here in the Midwest, they do in the West. I, I know they do in the East. So take one of those. They're usually not that expensive because part of the uh, part of, of offering that class is then the fly shop knows that you're going to be a customer. I mean, right. it's a, it's a yep. win-win for everybody. The second thing I'd say is there are terrific instructional videos on the internet and this is to your question earlier dave but it does help to get some supervision i I really think that's important you need someone looking over your shoulder and finally don't buy a fly tying kit Uh, buy your components separately it's the same thing with a rod you know if you go in and uh, sometimes you'll see these uh, rods all packaged together and they're usually the the cheaper ones you know you're better off to to buy your rod and then the 
buy your reel, buy your line separately. As and opposed to buying the rod, the reel, the rod. I've seen those, yeah, those uh, a, reviews of those, like in a package. Right. Yeah. And they're usually not that that great unless you're at a fly shop that just, they happen to put their own together and you're getting good stuff. Well, that's the same with a fly tying kit. You know, you're, you're probably going to get a marginal vice, and that's where you need to spend a little bit of money, but not too much. So what does that mean? Again, go to your local fly shop and they'll help you. Well, it's time now for uh, great stuff from our listeners, and we really do enjoy reading your comments, your questions, your stories. Uh, today's item comes from Leon Poplowski, a fly fisher in the Chicago area. He commented on our podcast about public access, the gift every fly fisher needs, and he said this. He shared this story. It's kind of a funny story. He says, I once knew a guide in Wisconsin who videotaped high water in the spring to keep himself out of trouble with some golf courses when the water was low and he crossed a brushy corner he had back up to plead his case that's awesome he was stopped once at four in the morning while looking for fresh salmon before his clients arrived at the river <laughs> that's, that's pretty savvy that is yeah. savvy that's and, and awesome I, and i know exactly what happens you, you have somebody who says hey you know you, you can't be there and you say well, well that's this is private high, property yeah and you say well this is high water well no it's not well yeah it, it is it may not have been high water this year or last year but but he's at he's, some point in the past yeah. it was the high water mark so it was high Haven't, water didn't that happen to you uh, on the boulder this last year or at least in recent years out in montana where you were fly fishing a stretch that went through like an outfitters uh right property? It, it went through a, a a private ranch and and a couple times i was a guy came down and and uh, just started asking me questions and i knew exactly what he was doing he was trying to figure out where i got at access to the the river and and so i described it so he knew that i you know i i entered on public property and i had i had waded up quite a ways and and uh you know both times the, the guys were nice i could tell they were i think one guy especially was a little frustrated that he you know maybe couldn't intimidate me to leave but uh but they realized yeah i you know i, I was in the clear on that all right, that will do it for today. Do you have any tips for those who want to get into fly tying? Please tell us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What advice or insights do you have for prospective fly tires? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed on your mobile phone or tablet. Each week, we publish a new episode of our podcast and a new article. Many listeners to Two Guys podcast use podcast as their mobile app and you can find podcasts in your app store well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing 